The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Hello and welcome to The Echo Chamber. I am Diana Marzalek. I'm a senior reporter with The Homes Report. I'm here today with Brian Rowley, who is VP of Marketing for Panasonic in North America. Um, and you are here all the way from Newark today. You came out on the rainy day and <laughs> braved the street, <laughs> braved the street for this important broadcast. <laughs> I did. So thank you for coming. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Good. I am. I'm interested in so much of what you have to say because you are faced with a range of tasks. From what I understand, you are in the middle of what everybody calls this transformation of business, um, which can be sort of a nebulous term depending on who you are, uh, who's talking, and and maybe we can start with what you're looking at and what you're tasked with. As I understand, you're changing your your business model from a consumer business in the U.S. to more of a B2B. Yeah, so Panasonic is a brand that's 100 years old. So, you know, as we start to look at the evolutions that the business has faced over years, you know, we kind of look at it in, in, in a variety of different ways. But the latest, you know, we went from being a consumer-based company to a B2B-based company. And now there's a real big shift within the organization for us to start to more focus on a solutions-based organization. So there's been several <laughs> variations <laughs> of what the company is and sort of – and each of those obviously have their challenges as you sort of migrate business and business philosophies, right? So when you say solutions-based business, I'm uh, I'm naive. What does that mean? So Panasonic traditionally has been a hardware-based company. Mm-hmm. So as we start to move forward, our, we will still have a major play in the hardware space, but it's also looking at what else do we bring into the mix that helps sort of solve the pain points that a customer's experience, right? So rather than just looking at it through that narrow lens of here's a piece of hardware for you to work and then migrate applications or use case, whatever the case may be for the individual customer, we're now starting to look at it from talk to me about your pain. What are the things that are in your business that are difficult that you're trying to accomplish as you sort of move through technology? And how is the equipment part equally, you know, a part of that discussion? But what other pieces to that equation do you need support and help with? So clearly a very complex, Mm. multifaceted business. Um, As we mentioned, Panasonic is 100 years old. It was one of the first, if I'm correct, Japanese businesses to make a mark in the States. Yep. Um, I grew up on Panasonic, and I think radios and TV, which dates me, but that's what I think. A lot of people will think that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, your task, I mean, you know, you don't even sell those appliances in the States anymore. Is that correct? So in the U.S., we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have a, a small consumer business. We have a consumer business in there, but the focus and shift over time has been to a B2B space. In Canada, so still part of North America, we do offer the TVs as a solution in there. And then from the broadcast perspective and from the B2B side, we do have displays and TVs that fit into a more of think of like a bar environment or a a business-type application where we would have those, but not from a consumer perspective. So over what period of time has this transformation, I guess it's still taking place, but but is this over a decade? Is this over a 
How long has this been a work in progress? So, I mean, I think the company from an overall, probably within the past decade, you've really seen the shift from consumer to B2B, I would say, maybe even probably a little shy of that decade number. Um, so, I mean, you know, as I said, we're still in that consumer space to some degree, um, but really the major shift in the business has been to the B2B. So what is your challenge as the business is in there? I know that's a far-reaching question, but what's kind of at the core of what you're doing? So I, I think the, the core is really to try to relate to the newest segment, right, of buyers that are in the market. So to your, you know, your your comment and my point earlier around it being a brand that's 100 years old, and, you know, I have, you know, my relatives who grew up on the radios and the TVs and all of that, but, you know, Panasonic is is very prominent in a lot of different verticals today. So in whether it's public sector or enterprise or professional video or TV or the theme park world or, or all of those things, a lot of which people aren't aware of. So so creating that level of awareness and really showing the value that we bring into that space has really been sort of the, the challenge that we have, right? And how do we resonate with this new audience that's our millennial crowd, right? And, and, and how do we tell the value of that 100-year-old brand in a new world? Do millennials care about that 100-year history? Well, I think I don't think the 100-year history is important as as important to them as it might be to prior generations. Um, but I do think that some of the basic philosophy of the company and what grounded us in our, our commitment to giving back to the community and some of those being our core principles, I do think resonate with the millennial crowd. Well, I did some research uh, reading before, sure. before our conversation, and I... Um, did see that your founder, please tell me his name, so I say it. Per Mr. Mishusta. Mr. Mishusta was yeah. ahead of his time in some of these issues in, and um, policies and sort of engaging consumers and engaging his workforce, transparency, offering health insurance. Um, are those the values that you're talking about that have carried through that you're trying to translate or or? Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a part of it. The other part to it is really the emphasis on the customer. And really, really, I mean, there's a lot of people that are out there that tell you that they listen and, and focus on the voice of customer. And I mean, it is the foundation for Panasonic and what we do. So I think that's one other element to it. And then I think just our abilities to work within communities where we are present. Uh, you know, one of uh, the tagline that we have, a better life, a better world, uh, uh, we, we truly mean that. We are out there trying to change the way people do work um, and trying to make sure that we can actually really provide uh, a better life for people in the communities where we serve. So I believe everything you're saying, honestly. Understood. But how do you do that concretely? So if you, you're, you're in marketing, you're in getting the word out, you're in engaging the community and stakeholders, how do you literally do that? What are your tactics? What are the changes? How do you engage people? Yeah, and that's actually a big part of sort of the challenge that we face, right? Because part of our culture is to be doing those things, but be doing them in the background and making the difference without getting out there and necessarily saying, look at us, this is what we're doing in the field, and this is what we're doing in a community, or this is what we're doing in the market. So, you know, the approach for us is never to be out there to be boastful and bragging about the things that we're doing, but for us to be able to, to really work um, within communities, right? So how do we do that? that and and that's, that's the piece to it. So a lot of it, we work really closely with the customer, right, to have our 
our customers help tell the story with us. And and as I mentioned earlier, like the approach that we take is really how do we how do we work to whether it's through you know video work, video storytelling, right? So we've worked really closely with our PR agency, RacePoint, right, at at the video storytelling, right? And and being able to really pull that emotional side of, of what's important and what's resonating in the market into a place where it feels genuine and it is genuine, right? And it's not just a company that's out there that's trying to make a stance, but truly it is something that's important to us and we care about. So it's really an interesting balance because it's difficult to not talk about something, but then have people be aware of it. So, so you know, that's the approach, you know, that we're trying to solve for. And, and one of the challenges we have in, in the way that we go to market. Is that approach um, emblematic of the company or of the culture, the Japanese culture from which it comes? It's probably more cultural um, than anything. I mean, the brand is very important to, um, and I know many companies say that, right? Many companies stress the emphasis and importance behind their brand. But our brand is our family, right? So, I mean, when we take on a role, specifically in a marketing role within the business, I mean, number one is to make sure that we represent every step of that brand and according to the way it was represented 100 years ago, right? So so it is more cultural and making sure that, you know, we take that approach and, and it's one that, that works and, and, and really feels really feels genuine and aligns with the company's structure. So you're an American guy. Yep. <laughs> you live mostly in Florida, yep. work in Newark, yep. come up through Verizon. Uh, how difficult or what were the challenges in coming into this Japanese-based business from a marketing point of view and the marketing um your counter working with your counterparts and the C-suite in Japan. How is it different? So I, I think the biggest difference is just that, you know, when you look at U.S. business culture versus Japanese business culture, um, you know, I was in the tech world, in the tech space prior. And so everything that we did was how do we get into market? How do we get there quickly? How do we make sure that, you know, we're first, we're, we're there, we're, we're boasting in regards to our abilities to be able to do that. The Japanese culture is very different. It, it's really, um, it's not slower, but it's it's more thought-provoking. It's really understanding impacts associated with decisions. Um, it can be frustrating at times, especially if you started in the world with, let's get things done quickly, right? And you're trying to adjust back to a, okay, let's just step back and understand, you know, and look at all the various pieces. It, it's very methodical in the approach. Um, so it, it had its challenges for for sure. Um, I think the interesting part to it is um, I think once uh, you've gained a level of credibility that you're, you're, you're aligning with the, the thought of and, and understand the importance behind the brand, then people are very quickly to embrace you and, and to work with you and to try to... It's not that people are not willing to adjust. It's just that they're not willing to perhaps adjust as quickly quickly as you might want that your to japanese counterparts correct for instance yes yeah it must be hard to manage that not only personally because it's sort of the antithesis of what sure. as a marketer the you want to do right exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're like i gotta get the story out I got, i've got this thing to share um but also you are marketing to a north american audience correct so how do you marry that dynamic and still you know, coming in one way, but yet get your word out in the way that you need to to the consumers that you're 
trying to reach? So we work really closely with our teams in Japan um, and our teams around the world, right? So we have global marketing councils that we work and work together on to understand sort of what's what's the key points and key targeted messaging that we want to have in each of our areas and regions that we're a part of. So we work really closely just to make sure that from an alignment perspective, we understand the message. Um, but obviously the way that we communicate the message varies um, across the globe, right? So there's just different ways that we would do something than our counterparts in Europe might do it or even our counterparts in Japan. So so it's really just understanding the core messaging, but really having a good understanding as well of of the US and how they, you know, consume and adopt and and, and listen to the messaging that's out there and, and tailor accordingly. And you mentioned to me that you have to try and reach this new audience, you have to 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 get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So what does that involve doing? Well, I, again, I mean, so when you look at sort of the time it takes for you to get into market or the things that you're doing in market, um, that same thing is the way that business has been done. Um, it's it's difficult to sometimes shift the thought process, right? So for us, when we look at you know the demographic that we've had across the the, the hundred years, um, our audiences make up a lot of different uh, groups. So we've got, you know, baby boomers, we've got millennials, you know, Gen Z, we're, we're working through all of that, right? So as we start to look at that, the way that we talk to each of them is very different. So getting out of your comfort zone is one that you might have traditionally done your marketing through, um, through you know, digital campaigns or through trade shows. And not that those aren't important, but, you know, when you start to look at the new audiences that are coming up, is that where they go, right, to learn about your company? The answer is they come to places like this, right? right. So for us, this has been, you know, uh, not a traditional format that we would use to communicate our message. So it's really challenging people within the business and ourselves to, to look for new avenues that can help tell the story and, and get it to a point where it resonates with those that are going to be consuming our product. And because you're going for a B2B or solutions crowd, it's not necessarily the TV ads, the things that we all grew up on, the Best Buy displays, all of that, right? It's yeah, a, it's, it's more the value, right? So what's the value that you're bringing in? And, be, and the value beyond just the, you know, when you look at things like, you know, the retail world, right? And you look at, you know, where people used to consume and, and how they would consume product, they would go into a brick and mortar store, right? And they would be able to, to touch product and feel product and, you know, have a chance to to, to spend time with it. And now when you look at the impacts of some of the online retailers and the work that they're doing, but that impact isn't just from the brick and mortar side to it. It, it, it affects the entire supply chain, right? So you look at the way that product is delivered, the immediacy of people wanting it, wanting to know exactly when it arrives, where did it arrive, who signed for it, you know, is it on my front porch, is it on my back? I mean, all of those things are parts of sort of the evolution, right, of what we're doing. And then we're starting to see even people create sort of these immersive experiences. As you look at, you know, we have one of the companies that we work with who is a yoga studio. And you would never think that our technology would sit with inside a yoga studio, but they're using some of our projectors to do projection mapping on the walls of the studio to create this environment that is 
different than just the four walls of a yoga studio. I want to go there. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so when you look at all the different ways that, you know, the technology itself is changing and adapting, but when you look at the ways that, you know, people are actually gravitating towards technology to help their business continue to evolve, it, it's, it's an amazing time. It is. It kind of makes my head want to explode. Yeah. So, I mean, it's beyond. I mean, you, I know I'm giving you, you all sorts of information. This. No, you came. That's what. That's what you're here for. Um, but you came into this, right? I mean, you must have had to come up to speed on all this, and in sure. the throes of this transformation, you've been with Panasonic how long? For three years. So, so at what point in its evolution was that? Was that when you were still sort of? focused on B2B or you started the metamorph I mean it's all I know it's all a process but no we were into the B2B space um, mm-hmm. the B2B space was still very much there I, I think the difference is, is really understanding from a marketing perspective the ways that um, marketing activities sort of influence the uh, overall purchase process right so again we would stand ourselves up we would have these awareness campaigns that were out there we would make sure that people knew who we were but from there continuing to have conversations with our customers as their needs change without necessarily having a conversation with us and saying, hey, I'm now looking for, but looking and following trends and behaviors and understanding the way in which they're they're looking at information and doing their research um, has caused us to look at marketing in a very different way, right? So, you know, having regular touch points with them, but not touching them. So uh, touch points that are that are so invasive that you're like, oh, God, another email from them or another contact from them. It's got to be relevant. And you, you have to make sure that even though you're not having one-on-one time with them, you have the abilities to be able to make sure that what you are sharing with them is relevant to something that they're experiencing. Are your major campaigns, are your major initiatives or your particularly creative moments is that in the last three years is that something you can share with me to exemplify what you're doing so i mean i think you know we've done a lot of different things i said you know i mentioned sort of the video storytelling right so our abilities to really highlight through video and through case studies and the various ways that the company has evolved have been ways that you know that we've evolved sort of from a marketing perspective Making sure that, you know, we have um, a better understanding of what the customer's needs are. So not trying to, and everybody, you know, you mentioned when we started off sort of this digital transformation and sort of some of these words that are overused and you start to look at things like account-based marketing and all these terms there, right, that everybody uses. But for us, it really is trying to create an experience with a consumer or a customer that is is one that is feels uh, genuine and tailored to what they're looking for, right? And that's no easy task. We all know that, right? So, and it's the balance of information that helps them in the buying process, um, or even just as they're doing research, right, to understand potentially future technologies that they should be aware of, um, and 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 taking that leadership role. So we've sort of taken this approach of the importance behind the educational side of what we do and making sure that as new technology comes out that we're spending time being that educator and taking that role to, to lead those discussions and, and talk to customers around the things that really resonate and mean something to the way in which they're evolving their business. I imagine that also involves an education of your own workforce, um, mm. from sales reps on down or on up. Um, you know, what are the layers of of staff or management that you work with, and how 
ha- are th- what is their involvement in the marketing, or can you even really distinguish the marketing from what they do at a certain point? Yeah, it's a great question because as you start to look at sort of the way that we evolve and the things that we're doing, as we start to to move through it, it, it is at every level within the business, right? So it's getting behaviors uh, from sales teams that, you know, they're used to doing things a certain way to get them to shift. But it, it's equally happening even on our marketing and our product sides, right? Starting to, from a marketing perspective, looking at and challenging ourselves around, you know, is that relevant content? Is that, are we are we creating content just for, for content sake? And, and that's never a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or are we really having content that is going to resonate with the markets that we sit in? And that that's where we're at right now, right? So so the sales teams, you know, they do a great job of selling. We've got some of the best salespeople out there, right? But but when you look at it, it's also it's equally as as much of a challenge just with our own marketing teams, getting them to shift the thought process. So who do you bounce those things off of? <laughs> so I mean, we, we have the right relationships, right? So mm-hmm. working with our 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 agencies and our teams that we work with to make sure that, you know, the voice that we have in marketing is relevant. Um, you know, we, we gauge that every single day, right? Working to make sure that what we're saying is 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 correct. And, and, and not not from a is it correct in terms of are we you know, are, are we covering a market correctly? But is it is it the proper thing for us, an approach for us to be taking to get the message out there? So there's a variety of ways that we do that. Um, and our teams have been really good at helping us sort of migrate through there. We, we had an agency that we worked with for years when I came into the business. And it's not that they weren't a good agency. They did a great job. But they, they weren't the agency that was going to help us take us to the next step, mm-hmm. right? So aligning us with the right people, making sure that you know the message was more relevant to the work that we had. So, so the team that we have now um, has really done a good job of that, right? So they've really focused on you know here's our audience. This is the way we want to talk to them. This is the way what we want to talk to them about. You don't realize just how important that is, um, but it's critical. Right, especially as you're doing this transformation. I believe it, and and I imagine because you're talking to a younger generation, also that the Panasonic name only goes so far. Because I frankly don't even know if my kids, teenage kids, know Panasonic. Right. Because you're not in the market, the consumer market, as you were. Correct. Um, I didn't ask them, but I don't even know if my children know the Panasonic brand. Um, should they or? Is that not, you know, like I say, I grew up on it. I went to buy a Panasonic TV or my parents did or whatever it was. But do they need to know Panasonic now or are you just talking to a whole different crew? Well, I think you know any any brand that's been able to to stay in the in the market with the strength that it's had for as long as Panasonic has, I think is always an interesting thing from you know the makeup of the company and what does that. I think we're a leader in that space, so I always I find that fascinating myself. But that's more of the marketing side to me. I think when you look at the technologies that we have, we have the best in class and so many varieties of product from you know computing 
gaming products to, you know, video products to, you know, professional cameras to business systems. And I mean, this isn't an ad about all the products that Panasonic has, but, you know, I mean, it's still very relevant in the market today. Now, are these markets in some cases very niche? They absolutely are. But, you know, if from a quality perspective and a brand, I mean, it is absolutely a brand that I, I think I, I know I personally, not just because I'm here, but hold very high regard for because I think it's amazing to be able to accomplish that and continue to accomplish that year over year over year. Well, the continuation is, is the key because right. when it was a novelty, mm-hmm. a Japanese brand in the U.S. is one thing, but now it's such a crowded space and technology Correct. is everything and everyone does technology and you're competing against a whole other slew, <laughs> a whole other sure. world. Yeah. So that is. So what... Um, are your biggest challenges what keep you up at night <laughs> what is what is it that you're trying to accomplish that just you got to get over that hump i think the biggest thing that keeps me up at night is really the the millennials i really do and i know everybody says that and, and i think the interesting part of it is because it's fascinating to me it's it's fascinating the way in which they consume it's the way that they shop and gather information um the the urgency behind everything uh that they do in their lives um not just the way that they shop but the way that they interact with each other right mm-hmm. um the influence that they have how 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 prominent they are in being able to really shift product focus of businesses um, based on the number of people that they interact with online. I mean, it's pretty fascinating. I don't think, you know, every generation says, oh, you know, this is a big difference from my generation. This is different from, uh, but I really do think that they're not just touching one aspect of the in the the purchasing cycle, I mean, their their influence is is just so prominent across so many different factors that I I, I just find it, it it keeps me up because you try to solve for all the different variations of what we're trying to solve for with them, and there's a lot. I believe it. Is there will there ever be a moment where you've transformed the public perception? I, I imagine it's always that the business is evolving as quickly as the perception is. But is there ever a moment where you have not that you've completed your job, but you have met your goal. I, I think when you, you know, I I think when you've been working with a brand that has the longevity that we have, I would say that my job is probably never done, right? Because, I mean, that it, it sounds cliche in some cases, right? Because, you know, people, there is an end to, to, to what everyone's trying to do. But I mean, truly to continue it and to continue to hold it at the regard that it's at, um, I don't think it ever stops. I think all of us within Panasonic that are representing that, I, I think that's an ongoing challenge for us. And, and to keep us current and fresh and in line, I, I think is something that will keep me up for, for many years to come. Good. Well, I wish you good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> be sure to ring me when you when you have had your when I figured it when out. You, when you've reached the millennials and you've had your moment, and we will meet here again. <laughs> that sounds great. Okay, but in the meantime, I appreciate you coming to visit us. Good luck launching your own podcast, as you mentioned. Thank you. And um, we will follow you and stay in touch. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you.
You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Today.